Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. Hey, it's Friday. It's Friday. Hey, uh, we are both on vacation for a while and nobody will notice, you know, because the podcast episodes have been spaced out evenly and we didn't miss any, but you were in yeah. Florida. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I did actually have a solo interview. Oh, that's right. you. You did, it it you was did very sad. One. Yeah. Last oh, week. Sorry about that. Uh, you know, it just, I missed your, your, just shining personality and uh, thoughtful <laughs> responses. Your wittiness really mm-hmm. was yeah, was lacking. One of my top so, qualities. Yeah, all those all those things. But so you went to Hawaii for like three weeks. Yeah, I did. It was amazing. Which and, is crazy. Uh, you left your business for three weeks and you came back and it wasn't on fire in a dumpster. It's true. I I was just telling you before the podcast. It was it was our most profitable month ever when I was gone. So that. <laughs> statistics show I should leave my company more often. Um, <laughs> Give yourself a new title, a new role, upgrade to chief vacation officer. <laughs> exactly. CVO. I CBMA. check out all the spots to make sure they're good for employees to vacation at. <laughs> I just make lists for where the, the employees should go on their vacations. That's yeah. right. That's what you do. It's it, And the company grows, you make more money. Yep. It's just successful. It's, it's good for everybody. It's a win-win. Yeah. And, I will say uh, I have to give a lot of credit to the book Clockwork by Mike McCallowicz that really did help um, a lot with getting ready for that. And getting when are we going to get Mike on the show? We need to get Mike on the show. Yeah, if anybody listening knows Mike personally, Mike McCallowicz. Um, or add him on Twitter or social media yeah. and tag us. Be like, you need to be on these guys' show. Yeah, that's right. He's a busy guy. They talk about you constantly. Yeah, I know. That's true. We're like his uh, biggest unpaid uh, advertising <laughs> uh, podcast right. out here. Yeah, but um, yeah. Anyways, a lot of credit to that, and yeah, highly recommend that if you want to systemize your business and be gone for a while. That really helped us a lot. Uh, but speaking of vacation, I have two vacation-related "Would you rather" questions oh, for you, Mark. Okay. Okay. So get ready. Would you rather stay in a palm hut along the seashore for seven days, or would you rather stay in a log cabin in the woods for one month? Log cabin in the woods for a month. Hmm. Is this question prejudiced against log cabins in the woods? Because it kind of implies yeah, that it's a like, beach is oh, better. <laughs> a log cabin in the woods. Gross. <laughs> Who would do that? <laughs> you loser. <laughs> yeah, it did kind of have that tone to it, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know what's up with that. So I, I just got back from vacation last week. I was there for like eight or nine days on the beach. It was beautiful, you know, watching the sun just fall into the ocean. It was mm-hmm. it was very magical. But uh, after eight days, I had sand in every crack, and I was just like, all right, I'm ready for some, you know, dry air and some fresh water. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and so I think that being in a log cabin, like in the mountains, and it being so peaceful and cool, you can make a fire. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I could have more, like, reflective time, mm-hmm. you know, and more, like... Uh, personal growth opportunities if I was in a cabin for a whole month. Like, yeah, 
I, I don't know. That's just my thought. I mean, because when I go to the beach, like I come to play. You know, I put some sunscreen on my nose, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like twenty four seven. Let's go. It's beach time. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get it. And I like the ocean, but I don't. I don't know. I just something about the mountains, man, that I just love. Yeah, I get it. Well, I got a second one for you. This one's also okay. travel related. Would you rather be able to teleport to places you've already been, or only be able to teleport to places you've never been? Oh. Let's see. That's, I guess if you've already been there, you know it's good. <laughs> or bad. Or bad, so you don't teleport there. <laughs> yep. But places you've never been could be exciting, and there's a lot more never-been places that I've been than been. <laughs> so you've, been. You've, so what you're saying is there's more places that you've never been than places you've been? That's right. That's exactly huh. what I'm saying. I guess so my my thought is is that on one hand it's like oh I know like Ryan's buffet and Gary Indiana is like really good and I could like transport there and eat <laughs> you know at a buffet oddly specific that's the, the <laughs> first thing that came to mind where you'd want to teleport <laughs> but um in the same way it's like well I've never been to Tokyo and that would be kind of cool mm. and so if I could just teleport there that'd be awesome I've never been to Venice Italy mm. uh so let's go with uh, places I've never been. What are you choosing for that one? The efficient <laughs> side of me is like, oh, places I've already been because, you know, I can get everything done I need to instantly. Right. But definitely the adventure stuff side of me, I'm, I'm actually with you. I, I 100% would choose uh, go to places you've never been. All right. And then what are you choosing as far as like the mountain cabin or eight days at a beach? Um. I think I would probably pick beach on that one. Actually, I love cabin in the like a log cabin in the woods, but I think I would get antsy after a month. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. I'm not sure. Oh, hey, I'm going with the sense. beach though, just to be contrarian. I can't agree with you on all of these. No, you can't. You can't. You have to be your own man. Exactly. Well, cool. Hey, if you guys are listening to this podcast and you're like, "What are these Yahoos all about?" Well, let me tell you. <laughs> We're about the Friday habit, and it's a system that helps you uh, to dedicate one day a week to work on your business instead of in your business. You, too, could go on vacation like Ben for three weeks and have your business run without you. Um, but if you like this content, please reach out to us. You know, Give us a, a shout-out on the social media. Send us an email at hello at the Friday habit. Or you could leave a voice memo. And uh, email that to us, and then we'll play your voice memo right here on on the the next episode. So, so yeah, get in touch and subscribe to the Friday Habit. Sounds good. Well, today we are talking about seven keys to building a thriving company culture. And mm. um, I don't know. Have you? Do you remember any jobs that you had where? You know, did you ever work in an environment that was kind of like toxic, like negativity yes. or like people just couldn't wait to like get out of there? Like everybody would congratulate them when they quit their job. You ever been? <laughs> it's like, you like made that? it out, man. Good job. Take me with you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Don't leave me here alone. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked at, I've worked at places like that for sure. And I think mm-hmm. some of those things have been, and my wife, my wife is very like, Hey, like this is a job, mm-hmm. you know, these are your employees and Mm -hmm. this is what they get paid to do. But then I'm always like thinking like, Oh yeah, but I remember when I worked at this really terrible place and the boss, you know, just (laughs) treated me like I was a a number and, and I want to kind of make things different, you know, but then Mm -hmm. it's like trying to have this fine line of like boss, employer Mm -hmm. and friend and culture. 
it's tricky when you have a small team, I feel like. And it's yeah. also, it's hard because <clears throat> you, I think you can go one way where you set this expectation that it's your job to make everybody happy all the time. And then that puts you in a weird position where if people aren't happy or don't like their job. It's like, why, Ben, why don't I like my job? You know, like, can you make this better for me? And it's like, well, I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to do work that you don't like, you know? Right. So you don't want to make that kind of atmosphere, but you also don't want to make an atmosphere where it's like, Oh, just do your job. Why are you complaining? Never, never tell me about what you don't like about your job. You know, I don't want to hear any feedback at all. Cause then it's like, you kind of repress that and they like your, your team can't tell you and be honest with you when there's something that's not a good fit for them. Right. So I feel like there's a balance there. So there's seven keys. That's what you're telling me. (laughs) Yeah. Seven keys. And these are, you know, these are just from my own personal experience. So take them with a grain of salt, but I I really feel like these have, have helped, um, knapsack and I definitely get feedback from the team and I know when something's not good and I know when something's good. And I, I know that my team does enjoy their jobs, which it means a lot to me. Um, and it's something that I care about a lot. So these are some of the things that they've told me that help them and things that I've experienced at other jobs myself that made a big difference to me when I like enjoyed working somewhere. So, yeah, because at the end of the day, if you if you enjoy working somewhere and you enjoy the work that you're doing, then I think you will then work harder, you'll work better, and you'll provide uh, better to the clients that the company is serving. So I, I think it's a win-win, man. Yeah, and people enjoy their lives more. I mean, why why waste your life away at a job that you hate when you could, you know, and also as, as a boss, I feel like it's somewhat your responsibility to make it an enjoyable work environment. Because um, it's like, you know, that's a lot of people's lives and you have a big influence of whether their life is good or bad, honestly, if, if you can control that at all. Yeah. So number one, have a mission that matters. Mm. So to me, that just means, you know, I'll just give you an example. To me, this, this is a mission that matters to me and my team. Like our mission is to create the world's best web design experience and to me, that's cool because you ever have it like where you set it a goal and it's like, oh, my goal is to um, go run a mile once a week or something like that. Or I don't know what it would be, something yeah. that that feels somewhat achievable to you. It's like, okay, well, I guess I could do that. But then it was like, no, I'm going to run a marathon. It's like, ooh, now I get excited because it's like, oh, that's a thing that's really a challenge that I have to work for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes when you set a goal that's almost too easy, it just feels like kind of like, eh, I don't feel inspired by that. But if it's competitive and you're like, oh my gosh, that would be epic if we could do that, then it gets exciting. Well, and too, I feel like if you set a goal, right, it, 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 like something that's just a goal and you achieve mm-hmm. that goal, then it's yep. it's done. But if there's like a mission that's like kind of an ongoing or continual thing, you never complete it, right? It's like a, a right. constant journey that you're on and you may like hit new heights or new levels of that journey, but mm-hmm. you're not like checking it off a, a thing like, yep, I completed that mission Exactly. Yeah. So, and to me, it's important because, you know, your, your team isn't motivated by the same things that you are as a business owner. Cause as a business owner, if your company does well and hits revenue targets, that's an opportunity for you to make more money, but not every employee, most employees don't get paid more based on how well the company does. They get paid the same either way, probably. Right. So it's like the, all the things that you're excited about the company achieving, you're, your employees unfortunately don't have the same stake in it as you do as a person. Mm-hmm. So I think one way to help with that is creating a mission that everybody's excited about because then you can be excited about going to work and know that, Hey, like when I go to work, I'm doing something that I actually care about and makes a difference in the world. You know, to me with our mission, 
It's really in the end to make people happy. That's kind of our mission. We don't say it that way, but really it is because we, I want to make happier lives for our employees. I want to make our clients actually enjoy the web design process. We, we get a lot of people that come to us and say words like, oh, I worked with, with um, someone else a long time ago and the process was a nightmare or it was a headache or I wanted to pull my hair out. I just talked with a client the other day that said they were dreading their website project and they said, last time it took three months or whatever. And they said, I literally wanted to kill myself. I was like, I hope you don't <laughs> literally mean that. But that's what they told me. I was like, I'm so sorry. But they said they came to us and like our process, they were like, hey, you know what? We did. You did in one day what we had tried to do for three months before that. And this was actually fun. You know what I mean? So yeah. if we can change people's lives like that, take three months of wasted frustration and change that into one day of fun and get the same result. I'm like, that to me is like a worthwhile thing to spend your time on. You know what I mean? Instead yeah, of just totally. like... Our mission could be, hey, uh, we build good websites. You know, let's let's build quality websites. That's that's okay to me, but I'd rather create the world's best web design experience. That's more exciting to me. Yeah, I love that. So having a mission that matters, I think, gets everybody on the same page and gets people excited. Um, so that creates a good culture. Number two is put your team first. An example would be, you know, when you buy new stuff for your company, do you, are you the one that always gets all the new gear? Does anybody else ever get any new gear? Or is it like, oh, you always pass down your laptop to everybody else? You know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah. oh, I always get the newest thing. Mm-hmm. Or like um, like when you book like a, a company retreat, are you one that gets the best room and everybody else gets the... the, the bunk beds. The bunk beds, <laughs> you know? Like how do you how do you treat everybody else? The in cabin team? in the woods. Right. You get to go to the beach and they go to the cabin in the woods, you know? So... To me, you know, and those aren't necessarily bad things. It, that's not a real test necessarily. It's just something to think about because mm-hmm. I think that people see how they're treated. If you put your team first and you have their back and you're always looking out for their best interest, then they're going to return that favor. They're going to have mm-hmm. your back when things are tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're going to know that, hey, you know what? Like Ben's looking out for me. Or like, for example, like vacation days. Are you trying to get away with giving people the least possible vacation days until they complain? Or are you thinking like, hey, what's what's a good amount of vacation that will be a good like life balance for somebody, yeah. you know, and designing it that way? So, I think I would appreciate that if if I saw a boss of mine doing that, you know, and be like, hey, you know, like, hey, you know what? I'll I'll take care of that. You go home because it's five o'clock. You know what I mean? Let me let me finish that up for you or whatever. Like, keep looking out for people. I think is is important. Yeah. Number three, give feedback often. Hmm. That's a hard one. It is a hard one. Yeah. And I I remember when I had my first kind of corporate job and I was put in charge of a design team and that was the hardest thing for me because I didn't want to make people feel bad. You know, I didn't want to be like, Hey, um, that, that design could be better. You know, I didn't want to say like, I actually felt nervous. Like, I think I was more nervous than they were. They almost didn't mind getting the feedback, but I was like, uh, I don't want to make you mad at me. You know what I mean? So I don't know. How do you feel about that? Is it hard for you to get feedback to, to your team? Like, yeah. or, or has it been in the past? Yeah. I mean, well, one is, I think one of the hard parts is that we, we do quarterly reviews and mm-hmm. I feel like the quarters go by so quick. I'm like, yeah, I feel like I just talked to you like <laughs> about this, you know? Same so I'm like, you know, I do see what do they do in, in, in more corporate environments to do like a yearly review. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, when you do quarterly reviews, it allows you to maybe adjust or, you know, assign different tasks or get feedback sooner because maybe somebody's dissatisfied or unhappy or they're doing something wrong and you'll just get embittered or they'll get embittered if you have to wait a whole year before your review time comes. And so I feel like even though quarterly reviews, 
they seem like they're constantly happening, that it is important to be in touch on a more consistent basis so that you can adjust and pivot and, and, and whatnot. But yeah, I definitely feel like I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, you know, mm-hmm. but I also, in the same way, I want to make sure that, um, you know, our, our environment's good and that, that, that our, you know, employees are providing value back to the company and the company's providing value back to the employee. And, um, you can't really do that if there are grievances or you see areas for growth and you don't talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, it's kind of, if you don't give people feedback, when you see something they could be doing better, you are kind of robbing them of an opportunity to improve there. And in the future, they're not going to be as good of an employee for the next place that they go to. They're not going to be as great of a professional. If you're not Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, here's an opportunity to grow. You're actually kind of stealing that opportunity from them. Um, so I think it, it's kind of your responsibility to say that. Now, of course, when you do feedback, there's good ways to do it, bad ways. To me, it's about kind of being constructive and positive about it. So you can say, instead of like, yeah, you keep messing up on this, like you need to get your act together. Instead, be like, hey, I noticed this thing has, has been challenging. I don't, you know, can we talk a little bit about that? Can you tell me what's been going on with that? And then them kind of sharing why that's happening and not just excuses, but saying like, hey, you know, I've noticed this affecting my performance because I have too many tasks on this one day. Can we maybe shift that around? Like, Oh yeah, sure. Let's, let's figure out a way we can uh, turn that around. So that makes it better for you. Um, so just kind of not assuming it's on them as a person that they're failing, but maybe first put the blame on the process and see like, Hey, how can we make a better process? So this is easier to keep track of. Um, and then being kind of like, Hey, you know, by the way, I believe in you. I know you can do this. So we just got to figure out the right way to, to make this happen and, and keep moving forward and giving them the resources and training and tools they need. If they're like, hey, I just don't even know how to do this, then you know that might just be they don't know how to do it and you need to train them or, or find somebody that can. So yeah, I think doing it you know, every quarter is great um, and sometimes even sooner. But the good thing about the quarterly thing is having it on the calendar sets the expectation that there always is a constant feedback and that's part of your job to give them mm-hmm. feedback. And then it's not awkward when it happens because it's right. like, hey, this is just a thing we do. It's not yeah. like, hey, let me pull you aside and you're in trouble. But like, hey, yeah. there's always going to be feedback. That's part of our culture. And that actually just makes it a better culture because there's honesty both ways and um, it keeps things keeps things rolling quickly. Yeah. And it was one of those things where it may be difficult. It may be awkward. But in the end, it makes for a better culture. Yeah, exactly. Having... Clear communication, even having difficult conversations in the end makes your culture much better. I agree. Mm-hmm. Number four, be emotionally in touch. Uh-oh, we did a whole episode on emotional intelligence. If you don't know what that means, go back and listen to that episode. I think it was, I want to say it was like episode 64. I don't know. It's called Are You Emotionally Intelligent, I believe. Are you? Um. <laughs> we'll find out on <laughs> Episode 64. Yeah, that's a good episode. So to me, the reason that's important is because, you know, you could be assigning people work that they just really don't enjoy. And people aren't robots, you know. Uh, You can't, they aren't going to always provide the same output every time. So you got to kind of keep, they can burn out, you know. So you got to be careful that you're not overloading them. Things can be happening in people's personal lives you're not aware of. So being in touch with them, uh, being understanding trying to figure out um, what's best for them. Like what are their values as a person? You know, um, like we have somebody on our team that quit social media a couple of years ago because it was actually, um, they felt 
like it was not good for them to always be competing to be the best in like that kind of image conscious. They're a you know, person that can be sucked into that image consciousness type thing. And they felt like, Hey, this is not good for me to do this. So then I was like, Hey, I don't want you posting on social media on behalf of our company, even though you're great at it. Like, yeah, I don't want you to be like, that was going to be maybe something they helped with, but I was like, no, mm-hmm. I don't think you should help with that. If that's against your personal ethics. I don't want you to have to do that at work and get trapped in that same feeling. You know what I mean? So that's something yeah. that you can kind of flex on with people. Yeah. And I think, yeah, being in tune with, with that, with each person, I think is important because then you can ultimately serve them better. Yeah. So that's number four, be emotionally in touch. And then number five, trust your people. That's hard to do depending on your personality. Yes. I think it's personality. I mean, yeah. How, how Have you had an experience like being trusted or trying to trust people or bosses that didn't trust you or anything like that? I, I mean, I think more it comes down to clients at this mm-hmm. point. Like there's, you have clients that trust you and that are like, all right, I like, I trust you that you're going to do the right thing and you're going to come out with a great product or, you know, the service is going to be fantastic. Or we'll have clients who maybe we did a bad job of onboarding or educating or something like that. And so they're constantly in the weeds. They're constantly like, you know, stressed out about, is this going to get done or is that? It's like, hey, 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 like, yeah. calm down. Just mm-hmm. trust us, you know? So I think that's <laughs> that's where it comes down. But I've definitely, mm-hmm. for me, it, it's, you know, I hope that in the hiring process, right, I find people who... I can trust. And for me, I'm a very trusting person until you give me mm-hmm. a reason not to trust right. you. Right, exactly. You know? So it's it's pretty much you're, you're trusted until proven otherwise. And so yep. I really like to give people autonomy and, and, and mm-hmm. freedom and trust and not micromanage or worry that they're not doing their stuff, you know, um, and, and, you know, until they, they prove me otherwise. So Yeah, I, I have the same philosophy. I think of it as like treating people like adults, you know, and they'll act like adults. And if you treat them like kids, they'll act like kids kind of, because it, to me, even, even having like a, I mean, this is just me personally. I'm nothing against anybody that has a dress code in their office. To me, I'm just like, Hey, wear something that you think looks good and that you would be proud of. And I'm not going to tell you what you're allowed to wear or not to wear. For me, that feels like a kind of like a, a personal thing. And I feel like you treat people like adults, like, Hey, just, you know, dress like an adult, come to work, do your thing. And I'm not going to micromanage what you wear or exactly what time you come in every morning, even. Right. Um, we have guidelines, but it's kind of like, Hey, this is a, a good guideline of what you should be doing, but it really should be about getting your work done and you being responsible for what you need to get done and doing a good job. And like you said, unless you prove otherwise, I'm going to treat you like you own it. I think if you treat people and micromanage them from the beginning and treat them like kids, like you don't trust mm-hmm. them, then they all of a sudden it's they think it's your responsibility to catch them and it's not their responsibility to do the right thing. You know what I mean? Um, so it kind of puts expectation that you don't believe that they're going to do the right thing. And so they're like, Oh, well he's just assuming I'm going to be this way. So I guess I'll see what I can get away with. You know, um, not everybody would do that, but I think it kind of sets that mood. Um, so I think it's important yeah. to trust your people. And if you can't trust them, then you really shouldn't have them as an employee. That's kind of the line for me. Like, if you trust them, you should trust them. If you don't trust them, then don't work, don't have them work for you. It's one or the other. Right. And I think that's a lot easier too, when you're a small company, like a lot Mm -hmm. of probably our listeners are either solopreneurs or they're, you know, small teams. You're going to know, right. It's not like you have three levels of managers who are looking down and, and you're not able to, to interview people properly. And, 
and onboard them. Yeah. And I think, and I think that doesn't mean you create situations where it's easy for people to get distracted and not work. You know, like you need to still create a good environment of accountability and transparency where everybody kind of knows what everybody else is working on. I'm not saying like, Hey, everybody work from home for a few weeks and don't have a plan of what you're doing. Like that just is a trap for everybody kind of being like, Oh, I guess I'll just do whatever I want. But if you're just smart about it and have goals and you talk together and say like, Hey, how's it going with the thing you're working on? And you just check in together. Like if you have a plan in place and, and deadlines and schedules and stuff and you have a process, then you're good. I just say at some point that breaks down where you can't just be like, all right, everybody just do some work and don't have a plan. Like just human nature, it's going to be a little bit harder to get that stuff done. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so number six, uh, welcome feedback. So to me, this is one of the biggest things when I talk to, to my team that they like about working at Knapsack is that basically everybody on the team has input on any ideas they have or can bring up problems and they know that they're going to get addressed and solved. So, I mean, part of this is actually the Friday habit, right? So everybody posts into our Slack channel uh, throughout the week with any issues or problems that come up or ideas they have, and then we review them on Friday together. Um, if anybody's interested more in the Friday habit system, you can go to the FridayHabit.com. At the bottom, there's a download of our um, guide and kind of talks through how to set aside this Friday every week to like process all these ideas and stuff. Um, But basically, you know, just being able to gather those ideas, actually process them, talk through them together and take action on them makes a huge difference. I mean, it's the difference between the frustration of being in a job where you see a problem and you know, it's always going to be a problem because you don't have any faith in your boss or management to ever fix it Mm -hmm. and being basically feeling depressed about it. It's, It's difference between that and then, the idea of like, hey, I actually have some control over this and I could actually make this better. So I don't have to be frustrated about this every week. I could just tell my boss, we'll talk about it on Friday and come up with an idea on how to fix it. So that's, I think that's a huge difference. It's just hope. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I just, in, in corporate jobs, I see people kind of like their eyes glaze over and they're just like, yeah, this is just the way it is. You know, can't change anything. Right. And it's like, I never want Knapsack to be a place like that. Yeah. And I think too, I, I feel like if you're a boss that, you know, is open to that feedback, doesn't, you know, lose your cool and, and, you know, get defensive, Mm -hmm. um, then yeah, it does make it, make it a place that's, that's more, um, creative and, and more forward thinking. And, and I hope, you know, for me, I'm always thinking like, listen, I, I'm willing to change or think differently or do something in a new way. And I hope that, you know, my employees, you know, feel that like, hey, if I have a better idea, like I can kind of come to the the table and, and we can make change. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about being at an agency and, you know, having a small team is that you're you're very agile and you can change on a dime and you're not set in all these ways and you don't have layers of bureaucracy to like, you know, red tape to, to you know, dig through. You can just make a decision and then run with it, you know? Yeah, that's one of the beauties. Take advantage of it. That's right. Number seven, last one, correct problems quickly. So to me, this means when something comes up, address it as soon as you can. Don't let it grow. Don't let it fester. If you notice a certain thing, like let's say you notice your team talking, talking bad about clients, you know, like, and you're like, Ooh, I don't, I don't think I want that in my culture. I don't want us Mm -hmm. to talk that way about our clients. Or you notice, Hey, um, there's some sarcasm around like, this part of our business and people don't believe that it's working. So it's kind of like, Oh, rolling the eyes like, Oh, we're going to work on that project again. Okay. If you notice anything like that, you don't have to come down hard on that person publicly necessarily, 
you know, but you need to address that soon. Maybe pull them aside after like, Hey, you know, like this is really going to affect our whole team's culture. If we talk this way about it, if you think there's a problem with it, let's, let's talk about it directly and we can talk. I'm happy to talk about it in front of everyone, but don't be passive aggressive. Let's talk about it directly and say, I want to get down to the problem. Why do you think this won't work? And maybe there, maybe there is a real reason that this isn't working and we should address that, but we can't just be sarcastic about it or say like, Oh, you know, this product's not going to work or whatever. We have to have a culture of, um, it doesn't mean, you, you know, not necessarily a culture of like positivity where everything's all great all the time and you're denying the problem, but let's just be honest and clear and direct and not passive aggressive. So that's just an example. But, um, I think anything like that, you have to catch sooner than later before it gets out of hand. Um, and just try to be aware of that stuff. I would, I wouldn't even wait till a quarterly review. You know, if you saw something like that, it'd be good to address it right away if you can. Yeah, I, I I love that. I think uh, I think this was a very beneficial episode. Thank you so much, Ben. So seven seven keys to building a thriving company culture. Recap real quick. Have a mission that matters. Put your team first. Give feedback often. Be emotionally in touch. Trust your people. Welcome feedback, and correct problems quickly. Yes, and for the action item this week, I would recommend just looking over the seven principles. Um, you can find them on the show notes uh, or at thefridayhabit.com and just spend a couple minutes, maybe 15 minutes a notebook and look through these and think about like which which of these things do you feel like you struggle with the most? Do you, do you not trust your people? Do you feel like you don't know what's going on with them emotionally? Um, have you let problems go too long? Do you actually listen to people's feedback? Just sit down for a few minutes, think about it, and then just write down one practical way you could do better on one of these points. Yeah. And do it. Do it. Put it into action. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to The Friday Habit. Uh, For more great content and more information, head over to thefridayhabit.com. There you'll find show notes for the episode. There you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to The Friday Habit system that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review at the Apple Podcast app. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, don't forget to record us a voice memo and send it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. Thank you so much for listening to The Friday Habit. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. <laughs>